Hello and welcome to Conversations Across the Pond with Angel and Nicola. I'm Nicola and we're just two friends from different continents who connected online and as kindred spirits, even though we agree to disagree on some topics. Join us for no holds barred conversations as we demonstrate that you don't have to agree on everything, but can still be friends. Hey everybody, welcome back to Conversations Across the Pond with Angel and Nicola. I am Angel and this over here is Nicola, hello. Yay! <laughs> so today we're gonna to talk a little bit about how we struggle to live into the fullness of who we are and the various ways that that impacts our lives. Nicola and I have just been sitting here for um, a good little bit, actually having a fantastic <laughs> conversation and we happen to wander onto that area. So, um, and just to start it off. So one of the ways that I know that I have experienced this is with uh, jobs that I've had over the years and, and Nicola and I were just talking about that a little bit. So do you want to just share a little bit about what you have experienced? Like you've experienced this in jobs. I know you just yeah. said that. Are there yeah. other ways too? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, as I said to you, one of my issues was with my mum and um, she had very definite views of how my life was going to pan out. Um, she wanted me to be a doctor, specifically a gynecologist and obstetrician. And um, one summer she arranged for me to go and spend time in hospitals where I was in an operating theatre watching operations. It was the first time I saw a naked man lying on the operating table. Um, I saw all sorts of things. I went round with another doctor consultant who was um, a gynaecologist um, and um, saw all sorts of things with him. And I was prepped to tell the careers teacher that I wanted to be a gynaecologist and an obstetrician. Um, and I remember her saying to me, she said, is that definitely what you want to do? Yes, that's definitely what I want to do because it would have been more than my life was worth to say otherwise. So I think, you know, some of my challenges I think have stemmed from that sort of relationship. Um, and as I got older, there were things that were, as I said, kind of approved behaviours and things that weren't. And I learned to censor what I told my mum. So I'd tell her that I'd done things that she was happy with me doing and things that she wasn't, I wouldn't, I just wouldn't tell her. And, and it was nothing extreme. I wasn't doing anything extreme, but you know, there were certain things that she disapproved of. So I just didn't, I never told her. Um, and you know, the way I dressed, there were certain things that um you know, she was happy with me wearing and if I wore jeans, she didn't like me wearing jeans. And um, so I kind of had a wardrobe that I wore when I went to my mum and dad's and a wardrobe I wore the rest of the time. So I think, um, you know, I don't know, I think you get in that mindset where yeah. you forget that it's just that one person that has got this issue, but it becomes part of who you are as well. 
and you start presenting the things that you think are acceptable because somewhere in your head there are things that are acceptable and things that are not um and it's something I still struggle with now it's unconsciously it's still there um and I was talking to someone recently about you know some of the challenges that I was facing and it was going back to some of the things that my mum had said um and it was still kind of affecting my behavior now and how I do things and it's quite bizarre really um to think that after all this time it's it's still there somewhere in the background See, I don't think it's bizarre at all because to me, as I'm listening to you talk and I'm also kind of thinking about my own experiences, my own history and things, I feel like if you're somebody that kind of grows up that way, and I think many, many of us are in one way or or another into various extremes, of course, but I think it just is something that seeps into us in a way that it's almost becoming part of the food that we're feeding ourselves C-E-L-L-S, ourselves and ourselves, S-E-L-V-E-S, that was fun. Um, But I do, I feel like it just kind of becomes part of the, you know, I want to say nutrients that we're feeding ourselves, but it's not, it's not nutritious at all, is it? It's, it's poison really in a way, in a very real way, actually, I think. But my point is it, it just becomes part of part of who we are really. And so at a certain point, I think we kind of begin to forget what the real truth is. Mm. And we only act from or choose from, or even think from, I think what we've learned and kind of had ingrained within us and been taught from so long, which this is another thing we were talking about before we started recording. I, I feel like that's a big part of what feeds into this whole thing of like waking up and looking around and going, what happened? Where did I go? Mm. And then not knowing kind of how to even begin to get back to yourself. What, what are the things that you love and that do feed you, you know, like all of these, and it's really, it's a very, um, what's the word? it's a very, for me, it's been a very kind of disorienting feeling. I have felt very disoriented at times to, to kind of sit up and look around and go, wait a minute, (laughs) where did I go in this picture? Mm. And then, you know, I, because I've journaled for just years and decades at this point, I've always turned to journaling. And so I will search like on Pinterest or whatever for journaling prompts and I'll get these prompts and they're like, what brings you joy? What lights you up? And I'm like, if I knew I wouldn't be looking for these questions, you know what I mean? And that's yeah. the disorienting part, I think. And it is, I mean, we said it's kind of ironic that both of us struggle with these things because this is the kind of work that we yes. do. These are the things that we're passionate about. We talk to others about living their truth yes. and getting to a point where you've peeled back all these layers and you kind of see who you are yes but it's I suppose you've got to live that journey to be able to talk to others and share 
what comes from that journey. But I find it so ironic that this is the case. Yeah. And maybe, you know, this whole bit about, you know, like you say, it's who are we? And you lose part of yourself along the way. And it's this constant, you know, getting into situations, maybe jobs where you have to present in a certain way. And, you know, you're this corporate employee suited and booted and you kind of live the values of the organization, even though most of the time you don't even believe in them. So you're not being true to yourself. And, you know, I've left jobs and you sort of you wonder who the heck you are anymore because you've become so subsumed by the whole culture, the whole working hard meeting your targets earning money that you've let a load of stuff slide and those things that you used to do because you love them you've not done them in such a long time that you can't even remember what it was that you love doing and yeah you know I've as I said to you I've sat down and I've tried to write lists of what brings me joy and what do I love doing and honestly it's like pulling teeth trying to come up with something yeah because you stray so far away from that center um it's yeah it's really it's quite quite odd in so many ways um you know especially given the things that I talk about with regards to the essence map um to sometimes have these periods of feeling so out of kilter and discombobulated see but I think that so you talk about the essence map and I talk about my experiments and and um remembering and reconnecting with your inherent magic and I think I think you can correct me if I'm wrong but I think this is true for both of us I think part of it is there has been it's almost like you cross a line and I do think that for me at least it's been uh my experience at these jobs for example I began to feel so, um, I guess, kind of the way that I imagine a snake does just before it sheds its skin. Like everything is too tight. Everything is uncomfortable. I feel a little bit itchy, you know? And I think that that's part of what like bumpers on a bowling alley or something, maybe kind of putting me back towards the, my road, my path. Mm -hmm. Um, it's like, it's, it's uncomfortable enough that it's, shaking me a little bit and it's making me look around and go what's wrong like something's not right what's wrong and so the whole thing of the irony with you know the things that we talk about and us still really having these challenges in those areas I think it as I'm kind of being with that question a little bit more I feel like it's it actually does make a lot of sense because this is the thing that's constantly coming up for us Mm. So how could we not, like for me in, in a lot of cases, it's felt like it's almost overtaken my life at certain times because it's just become, things have gotten so uncomfortable and so untenable and just like, I cannot with this anymore. And so that's what's filling my mind and that's what's filling my my thoughts and my being. And so how could I not then, you know, look at that and, and dive into that. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that I would have had to start a, a small business talking about these things, but it, it kind of does make sense to me mm. because that's, 
that's where I'm at. That's the energy I'm in, you know? It's a bit like I call it the kick in the seat of the pants. For sure. And I've talked about it mostly in connection with, you know, say you're in a relationship that's just not working or you're in a job that isn't a good fit. You start feeling these kicks in the seat of the pants that you need to do something about it. And if you don't, something will happen like, you know, you'll be made redundant from your job. So you'll be left with no choice. Mm-hmm. So I've always talked about it in those kind of terms. Um, but I think what you're saying is something that's a bit more ongoing and it's kind of maybe those are symptoms rather than the root cause. You know, if you're, you're in a job and it doesn't feel right, it's maybe a symptom of something else that is more connected with you and being out of kilter yeah rather than you know the situation itself yeah I mean for me again I'm I'm really trying to practice only speaking for myself I'm not great with it yet but (laughs) trying I have found that um so for me like leaving that job didn't mean that I don't still like I still experience anxiety I just, I just this past weekend, I was super um, uncomfortable and just, I couldn't sit still and it felt like something was wrong. And, you know, I had a lot of anxiety. So it's not like that kind of thing has gone away. It's not like I I am just coming out of what feels like a dark night of the soul after almost six weeks of that. So it's not like I'm not experiencing those things anymore. So I agree that, you know, the job itself wasn't the root issue for me. but it was a serious enough symptom that I couldn't overlook it anymore Mm. between that. And then, you know, we've talked about this before when my mother passed, that was a big shakeup for me. Um, and I do, I think that life puts these things in our path when we've kind of gotten off path a little ways. And, you know, because for me, I, I do believe that I, I believe that we choose to come here to incarnate. I believe that we choose ahead of time, you know, the, the primary things that we want to learn and experience. Um, and that's a soul thing as far as I'm concerned. So, you know, I, I kind of feel like I had gotten far enough off path that my soul was like tapping me on the shoulder going, <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> And I kept not listening because it was inconvenient or I needed the paycheck or, you know, I was afraid of jumping out of the frying pan and into the fire, whatever my excuse was. And then finally my soul was like, yep, well, I tried, I tried to do it the easy way. Now we're going to do it another way. Yeah. That's a good, (laughs) good way of looking at it. You know? Yeah. So I think that's true. I, I think there's more than I think you're right what you said and that that was just a symptom really and not necessarily the root thing. I think I think the root thing is our souls wanting to keep us kind of on what we wanted to do when we came here whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. Um 
I, I kind of had an idea in my head, but it's popped away now. But yeah, I like I like that idea that um, you know you get these nudges, and it is about being on your path. Um, yeah, I'll have to see if that the rest of it comes back. Um, but we also talked about um, you know we kind of suppress ourselves and we suppress what we think is weird about us. Oh God, yeah. Um, because, you know, you wonder what other people are going to say about some of the things that you believe or your philosophies of life. Um, and I, I mean, I've done it in so many jobs. I, I mean, I don't know who people thought I was in some of the jobs that I've had because I didn't share so much of my life. You know, I was doing things outside work, you know, to do with, um, you know, Reiki or crystals and the esoteric stuff that I was into. And nobody in work knew anything about that side of me. I suppose it's true of everybody. But, you know, if you're talking about, you know, living the fullness of who you are, then you should be able to present in that way in any situation but I, I found that really hard mm. and you know even even now I mean it, it kind of staggers me that I'm 58 and I'm still kind of sparring with some of these challenges and still having the same issues um, and yeah I wonder I wonder so often how people that, I mean, again, I'm only judging it from the outside, but you see people who seem to be living authentic lives and being, um, you know, they seem to be living the fullness of who they are. And I really wonder how they do it because I find it so hard. Yeah. I wonder how they do it. And I also wonder how true it actually is. Like knowing what I know now yeah. about my own stuff and how it is so easy to see the bits and pieces that somebody presents, whether it's on video or on social media or their podcast or their blog or their writing, if they're an author, you know, all the different ways that we have to present ourselves to people. Mm. They, what was I? I? I was watching something just yesterday from Melody Ross. Um, I will try to remember to put a link for her stuff. She said something in this video about this, she said something, and I'm going to totally butcher the wording, but the gist of it was she was acknowledging that so many people do kind of consciously or not put on airs for other people, mm -hmm. whether it's, um, you know, online or whether it's in real life or however. And she says um, she is consciously choosing to share, at least with her Patreon people, maybe on YouTube too, I'm not sure. The not pretty sides of things, including, you know, how her home looked at the time and how her life to her feels like a mess. And some days she spends time every day crying because it just feels like everything's falling apart and she's in her fifties or I think she's 50, maybe 50 anyway. So she's sharing like, and she said, she's like, it's because so many people just share the pretty shiny bits and then the rest of us are kind of looking at that. And even though we intellectually know at this point, I think 
that not everything that's shown is the full picture, it's still really, really hard to remember that when, you know, for me, when I go and look at, um, everything's a mess, kind of. I mean, or when I go through six weeks of struggling, because it just feels like there's no joy anywhere. There's no meaning anywhere. There's no, like, why am I even here? That whole thing. And then I see other people and everybody's so shiny and happy and up and it's perfect. And, oh, their lives are wonderful. And even though, like I said, even though I know intellectually that that's bullshit, it's really, really hard to remember that, especially in times of like what I was just going through. So I love that she is consciously choosing to show all different sides of it, you know? And as to what you said about, I do think it's true that probably, I would say most people don't, and, and some feel like they can't show who they really are. Um, but I don't know. I, like I said, I, I, I do. I wonder for the people that do seem like it, I wonder how much of that's true. I wonder, yeah, like you'd said, how did they get there? Like what steps? And maybe that's something we can talk about. Like, how do we begin to get back to self? Mm-hmm. Since that's something that you and I both kind of talk about anyway. Like, so for you with, um, you know, to whatever extent you want to share with what you're working through now, like, how do you intend to like seeing what you're seeing consciously now talking about what we're talking about? How do you intend to kind of move forward back toward yourself? Um, I guess it's taking really small steps because right now looking at where I am and where I want to be is such a long way away um it feels like um I've kind of stepped so far away from what I think of as being in balance or aligned um the only way to to do it is by starting with small steps. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I don't know if you do this. Um, I find as well when I'm kind of up against it, the it's really challenging to actually make that first step. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like, um, you know, I've I've kind of stopped doing a lot of things and just something simple like going for a walk it becomes this humongous task to do you know because I'm thinking well if I go out I've still got all this to do and I've got all this to do and I've got this long to-do list and I need to phone them and email them and oh I better not go for a walk then um yeah they I don't know it I don't know why it seems so hard, but it's it. You reach a point where things just seem so difficult to do, um, and I think you know you just literally have to make yourself. You just have to say, right, ignore the rest. I'm going to go for a walk, um, and just do that one walk, and then the next day you have to do it again. 
Mm. Um, you know, it's, I think you've kind of, it's like gathering in all these bits of yourself that you've kind of left somewhere. Yes. And, you know, it's like, you don't know where you've left them, but it's, it's kind of, um, a bit like being Sherlock Holmes and yes you, you know sometimes I look through um well I, I tell you what I have looked through I looked through some of my old blogs that I wrote in the 1990s and I went on Wayback Machine because I've been trying to do some daily logging and I thought oh well I'll try and copy some of those over so I've got them and I'm reading them and these things that I was doing and oh I'm going here I'm going to the theatre I'm going to the park and I've been taking pictures and it's like who was I yes you know I've you know I can't remember the last time I went to theatre um obviously we don't live I don't live in Manchester anymore so I don't go to the park but you know I'm not taking photographs like I used to and these were things that were really important to me and things that I really loved doing. Um, so yeah, it was, it's quite strange reading some of these things and just reminding myself of what I used to love to do. And, you know, I think I always say to people when I'm talking about the essence map, think back to all the things you used to love doing as a kid and, you know, reading, I used to read all the time. Yeah. If I didn't have a book, I'd read the cereal box when I was having my breakfast. And, um, you know, I used to have a book propped up when I was brushing my teeth. I, I was reading it every possible opportunity. And now I find it really hard to read. It's, you know, I used to sit on a Sunday afternoon with a book and I'd sit there for a few hours just reading. Yeah. Um, and now it's really hard. It's yeah it's sort of I think it's a combination of making you have to make a conscious effort and you have to make some conscious decisions and you almost have to compile these lists of what does bring you joy and what do you love to do and you might not be doing them right now but you need those reminders and you have to start doing them again so that your body kind of remembers mm -hmm. how much you used to love doing them. Um, but I think, you know, it's starting small and it's literally, it's almost an academic exercise initially to work out what those things are. Yeah. What, what should be on your list. Yeah. Yeah. I think that because you, you, when you, you kind of at this point, you can't just sit there and remember yeah. because you're so far away from being in that place. Yep. I don't think it can be an intellectual thing. Like for me, I'm looking on my calendar real quick because I just did something yesterday that I wanted to share. Um, I, uh, so for me, it needs to be, if not daily, pretty damn close. Mm. And I need to have a way of remembering and tracking it. Otherwise my brain will tell me all kinds of things. Like yeah. I don't have time. It's selfish to do that. Other things are more important, like whatever. And, um, 
so I have all kinds of um, daily things in place, which is why I do the experiments. It's why I run my experiments the way I do with the reminders and the notes and the, you know, I have a tracker printed right now behind me or in front of me rather that I can, you know, highlight the day when I've done my thing for the day. And then just yesterday I was sitting thinking, I I did a clear off of my desk so that I could (laughs) see everything when I came in this morning and feel that spaciousness. And I was like, okay, what do I actually need? It again, if not daily, pretty close. Like what are the, the primary elements that I need to keep taking steps back toward myself? And I wrote down movement of some kind, whether it's walking or yoga or, or whatever, um, touching stillness, which is meditation, some kind of writing, uh, remembering to ask for help and connect with life, which for me, I have this thing from Marianne Williamson that I, I heard her say years ago and I remembered it. She says, um, she, she says that she used to get up every morning. I don't know if she still does this. She would wake up and she would say, where would you have me go? What would you have me do? What would you have me say? And to whom? And I feel like this is my way of kind of reaching out to what I would call life, God, goddess, spirit, divine, whatever, and consciously choosing to reconnect with that something that's bigger than me and say, here I am, you know, I'm, I'm here for another day. Thank you for that. It's all yours. You take over, you drive, you know, cause I don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> but I need a way of reconnecting with life every day. And then the last two things are pulling an Oracle card. And um, I, I don't remember. So for anybody that has any American, I guess, I don't know if y'all have this in England, but when I was young, younger, when I was little, um, my maternal grandmother was um, very uh, like traditional Christian. So like Southern Baptist for anybody that knows what that is. Um, and they would have, it was called the daily bread, your daily bread. Mm. So it was like a little booklet and it would have like, okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like the, the piece of scripture and then a piece of writing on the scripture Mm. and you would do this every day. And I loved the idea of some kind of, um, spiritual nourishment every day. And I'm not Christian. I'm not religious. I don't like any of it. I didn't want anything that felt religious. So for a long time, I was looking for something that would feed me in this way without being religious. And I found, I'll put a link to this too. I found Melody Beatty's journey to the heart, daily meditations on the path to freeing your soul. And so now every day I read one of these and I just kind of sit with it. So that was my list, movement, touching stillness, writing, connecting with life, pulling an Oracle card and journey to the heart book. Now the touching stillness, I, I try to do that for an hour every day. I'm back to doing my hour of meditation every day and the movement that, you know, my husband and I right now are taking a walk and that takes 30 to 45 minutes. So some of this does take some time. And that's another part of what I'm, I'm finding challenging is like, (laughs) you got to get up, but you know, I mean, we do, we get up at like five 30 so that we're back before the sun comes up because it's too stinking hot to be outside here once the sun is up, but we do, we get up at five 30 and start the day. And so I try to get all this stuff done and get myself dressed and showered and ready for the day so that I can start working by nine o'clock. And even this morning, I found myself kind of rushing, like, oh, I got to get this checked off. I got to get this checked off. And it's like, whoa, whoa, that's not the point of this. 
<laughs> you know, the point is um, like my tattoo here, my, my compass to get back to who I am, to follow my North star and get back to who I am. But anyway, all of that to say, for me, if I don't have daily actions that I'm taking toward myself, I am probably not going to, um, I'm not going to remember, I'm not going to do it. Mm. So that's my way of prioritizing it so that I do because we're worth it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I think that's the point. We don't think, well, I often don't think I am worth it. What you were saying about reconnecting to yourself. And I think maybe we're reconnecting to source which is the same kind of thing. But I think, you know, a lot of the time when we're out of kilter, it's because we're not doing those things that connect us to source as well. Yes. Yes. I mean, if you think of it like energy, Mm. if you don't put fuel in your car, your vehicle, it's not going to go. You know what I mean? And we forget that in a way, like the way that I believe is we're all kind of um, sparks from life we're all pieces of god or or life or the divine or whatever and so if we don't have a way of and people have all kinds of different ways of getting that but if you don't have a way whether it's conscious or not i think you have to have a way of reconnecting to that or your battery gets drained and then all kinds of things start messing up and not going well and, and life doesn't go smoothly and it's so much harder and heavier. Yeah, I think mm. I do. I think because of what we are, if we're not reconnecting to that in some way on a regular basis, it becomes way more difficult to be here. Mm. Yeah, I think that's kind of, that's like almost the heart of the issue really that if you don't do that connection or reconnection, um, you know, you're not reconnecting to yourself, but you're also not reconnecting to the bigger whole. Yeah. W-H-O-L-E. Yeah. I mean, for me, when I think of self with a capital S, that's kind of how I think of it is because I do believe that I'm a part of God. Ultimately, yeah, yeah. I think that I come from that energy and that, you know, that's what this tattoo is. I have a tattoo for everything, <laughs> but I do. I think that we all come from that. And so um, that's kind of how I refer to it. Although I know that different people talk about self in different ways and, and different people see, you know, the divine in different ways. And they see like, we have a higher self. And then above that is you know, a yet higher self. And then above that is God eventually. Like I know everybody's got their own way of seeing it, but that's kind of how I hold it. And yeah, I, you know, I think too, that that's part of what this, for me, this whole dark night of the soul has been is, um, I don't know. I just, for even everything that I do and talk about just the way that society is and the way that our lives are and feeling the need to be productive and busy and whatever. It's just, it is, it's so easy to prioritize all the other things Mm. to the detriment of what are very valid needs that our souls have. And I do think that it's kind of by design as well sometimes. Yeah. Um, Because 
you know, it's like they they'd rather you went down a certain path and um, didn't necessarily have this awakening or this understanding. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's part of the issue. And um, and I think, you know, having, like you say, you know, you get this dark night of the soul because you've got so much of this other stuff coming in and um, presenting itself to you. Um, I think, you know, you end up suppressing some of the, the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think I don't I don't think people realize this, but one of the things that so like the way that I grew up um, with my bio mother, it was not safe and it was not OK to express emotion. If not even to cry or to feel sad as a kid, you know, which so I learned very, very young to if I was about to cry, I call it my trap door, this trap door. It feels like this trap door just comes down and it cuts everything off. Now, the problem with that and what it took me a long time to realize is that that wasn't just cutting off sadness and anger and things that we consider quote unquote negative emotions, which I think is bullshit. I don't think there's such a thing as a negative emotion, but it also cut off everything else mm. because they're all too intertwined. It can't not if you're cutting off any of your emotions, it's going to have an impact on everything. And then that has an impact on, I really believe for me, that's a big part of what led to my experiences of um, depression and anxiety mm. through most of my youth, because I was not allowed to feel anything quote unquote negative, but then that cut off everything else. And for me, I'm such a I am such a, um, I really am a very, very spiritual person. And if I'm not connecting with that very regularly, I begin to feel very empty and hollow and hopeless. And what's the point of being here and all of that. And that was cut out because I was trying to tamp down all of these other emotions, not realizing that it was going to have an impact on everything. Sorry. This dog is snoring loudly, <laughs> even more loudly now. <laughs> Lexi says hi. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the suppression bit is the key. And I think, I mean, you know, this is just a theory, um, but I think when we suppress stuff, that's when we get depressed because, you know, again, we're not being whole. And yes, um, it's sort of, I think we, somehow we want our default is to be whole and that's kind of what we want to do but often things in life stop us from achieving that and then like you say you know it's like what am I here for why am I here and um you know I'm so disconnected from source or that energy doesn't feel worthwhile and um it's yeah it, it kind of for me it all comes back to suppressing something mm -hmm. that needs expression yeah so then it becomes a question of how do I stop suppressing so that I can expand into my fullness and I think there are as many different potentials for answers as there are people because yeah. it's not only a matter I mean you kind of alluded to it earlier it's not just a matter of 
what are the things that light me up and, and make me happy and bring me joy? It is that, but also like we've said, we many, many times have forgotten or been led so far off of our path that we don't even necessarily know anymore. But then also, I think a lot of this goes back to, um, you know, things that we experienced when we're young. And I know that the big word these days right now is trauma, but it's true. And in, I think almost every case, honestly, I, I have yet to run into somebody that hasn't experienced something that kind of shut them down in some way or led them to create habits and beliefs within their own lives that are keeping them now from living fully as they would if they could just, you know, wave a magic wand and everything's perfect for them. So I think that it's a kind of a multi-threaded issue. And like I said, I created that list for myself so that I remember, I have no excuse to not at least remember every day. And for me, I've made it as simple as I can. Now, the other thing is like, I didn't just wake up yesterday and go, right, I'm going to do these 20 things every morning. This is what I'm doing. No, 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 no. (laughs) I started on the meditation piece in what, January or February of this year? I've been working on it since then. And this is now July. Um, The writing thing, I've been doing that on a weekly basis for the past year and a half now. Um, So like each of these things are, I've done it in like little teeny tiny steps so that now they've kind of added up to what looks, you know, to somebody on the outside probably looks like, holy crap, that's that's quite a list. I, I can't dive into that. I didn't dive into it either. I've been doing it a little bit at a time yeah, yeah. over a long period of time. Mm. You know what I mean? And part of that for me, again, I, I talk about the experiment stuff because it's been me experimenting with what actually does feed me. And I might not know right in the moment. Like a lot of times people have people say they can't meditate and they get frustrated with it. And they say, well, it's nothing's happening. I'm sitting here. It's been 20 minutes and nothing's happening. It's like, well, that that's probably true. You know, it's not, there's not going to be some big boom every time you meditate. Like a lot of times for me, I sit here and I freaking struggle with remembering that I'm meditating because my mind goes off to you. Focus on this, do this, do that, do that. You know? And it's like, oh, I'm breathing. I'm just breathing right now. You know what I mean? Like, but then later or the next day or the next week, I might have just a massive realization and it's like, oh shit. And I can trace that back to that's from meditating because otherwise I don't have the space for this. Mm. Anyway, my point in saying all of that is it's, I think sometimes people too expect an automatic response from something they've done right now. And you're not always going to get that. You might, we want to, right. But I think part of experimenting and just being open to testing these various things that feel like they might have some energy for you. It's, it's just that you're, you're testing, you're experimenting, you're playing, just, you know, give it some time, follow along, see what happens. And then if it's been a little while and you're still not feeling anything from it, cool, drop it, try something else you know but just like you said just a little bit at a time and it's that incremental thing yes 
you know this is what um a lot of these online writers say you know if you want to be a writer you've got to probably give it a year and a half two years before you actually get to a point where you've gained some sort of traction or momentum um I, i'm guessing you know it's the same thing well it's the same with anything isn't it you've you've got to put the time in yeah. to get to um the top of the hill and then you know it starts flowing more yeah well and you're creating new neural pathways too you've got yeah. the old ones and you've got these we've all got these old grooves in our brains from habits and and beliefs and the you know this is just the way things are done that kind of thing mm. for years so i think it's really unreasonable for us to expect for something to change after you know a week you're yeah and that's part of the discomfort is you're actually creating these new grooves in your brain of doing something different yes it's going to be uncomfortable probably it's going to be it's going to be a process but for me i also found even with the discomfort it still felt more like relief mm. than not doing it because I knew there was something in me that was just, do you ever have that feeling of like, I am going to climb out of my ever loving skin. <laughs> if something doesn't, you know what I mean though? That like, yeah, I've yeah. got to get out of here for me, the discomfort of changing things and doing things differently was way less than the discomfort of skin you know <laughs> so uh, you know and, and not everybody's going to be in that place necessarily but I think it's just a choice that we each have to make for ourselves what's mm. what's best yeah mm. <sighs> is this a heavy one <laughs> it's, well not really it's sort of you know I like what you do every day um you know and I think that's part of what I'm lacking that that consistency and you know building a practice um you know it's again it's regrouping and pulling these things in yeah. um I, I feel like you know I've kind of got to do a reset and yeah um you know remember the things that I used to do and um you know I mean I've not I've got loads of oracle cards I've not looked at those for ages and like you, I used to do one every day and, um, you know, read it and kind of um, absorb it. And um, I used to read a lot of, you know, the stuff like Melody and, um, yeah. but it's like, we, why do we let it all go? I know. You know, know. It's, it's quite bizarre, really, that you know, you've got these practices and these things that you might have done for a long time and then something happens and they all fall by the wayside and you kind of, you end up back at square one. Yeah. Um, you know, having to start again. But yeah, no, it was it was interesting hearing the things that you do. Um, and it's, you know, it's a good reminder for me of things that I need to, start putting into practice again um but like you say building it rather than trying to do a whole load of things yeah otherwise I feel like it just it's so overwhelming yeah yeah you know even for me when I woke up this morning and I looked at that list I was like mm, 
like I said, I started to get like, gotta get this done. I'm going to get this done. It started to feel, and I was like, I had, I literally had to stop and remind myself, no, <laughs> this is meant to feed you. Yeah. Yeah. Not to stress you out right at the beginning of the day. Yeah. And so like, if I don't hit some, the, the one thing that I prioritize is um, touching stillness because I am finding if I don't have that silence, um, I am way more likely to just have a rough time mentally and emotionally. Mm. So I have to prioritize that. And I'm finding now that I have to prioritize movement too, just because, you know, getting older, my body's changing and mm. I don't feel as good if I, if I'm not moving at some point. So, but then for the other stuff, like if, if I don't get to this book first thing in the morning, fine, I'll do it later in the day. I'll do it while mm. I'm eating lunch or something. You know what I mean? Like I'm not beating myself up if I don't get through my list it's not that that kind of defeats the purpose actually yeah, so yeah. we should do a follow-up in like three months or something yeah of like <laughs> where are they now yeah <laughs> what are they doing now and how does it feel different yeah yeah how's the dark night of the soul now <laughs> yeah but you know in three months time stuff can have changed so radically yeah yeah um you know it's it is amazing when you're sort of sitting here thinking you know what am I doing and why is why are things difficult it's hard to imagine that in three months time things can look so very different yeah it can be a dramatic change I think and the other yeah. thing is I don't have the book with me I did the other day I'm I'm rereading Dark Knight of the Soul by Thomas More oh yeah and he talks about um how a dark night can be, um, I don't remember the wording that he uses, but I would say like compost, you know, of it's, it's a time of turning in. And um, I, I really think that now, if you had asked me if I felt this way while I was going through it, I probably would have been pretty upset. But <laughs> looking back, I can see how that was a time of um, just pulling everything in and like things go dormant in the winter mm -hmm. but then it's there's all this growth that's going on underneath that we don't mm -hmm. see and we're not aware of but then comes spring and as you come out of your dark night it's like all of that growth then comes to the surface mm -hmm. and it starts to become manifest in ways that you can see and can experience and like for me with this most recent one I mean, it was hard. It was hard, especially because I had to keep functioning even with it. Um, but now I look back and I'm just like, part of me is like, I feel so much gratitude to the me that walked through it because I feel now like, I almost feel like I was working or my soul was working under the surface. And now I'm able to start benefiting from those efforts, if that makes any yeah. sense. Yeah. I think you might have mentioned something um, from that book before. Someone's said something to me. I think I put something in my newsletter about how, you know, these kind of periods are precursors to things opening up and even though it might be hard, there's a, there's a reason and a purpose behind them. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, 
it's it's interesting isn't it and it it makes sense i think we forget about the seasons of our lives and oh absolutely you know i mean i i think i should be on all the time and i should be pushing forward and making progress and um i think this is why i struggle so much with ebb and flow you know i sort of have these ebbs and then the flow starts again and i think right i'm back on it now and yeah and then you know within a month or so i'm ebbing again um and maybe you know we need to spend more time in the season that we're in rather than trying to force ourselves into a season that's not here yet and yeah yeah there's uh yeah there's a lot of stuff isn't there yeah there's at least two podcasts in there there's the thing of seasonality and there's the thing of like society teaches us that we should always be productive and on we should be good little robots yeah (laughs) yeah yeah another day maybe definitely so are we done with this for today do you think I think so I feel good what about you yeah yeah I think I've learned a lot today um you shared a lot of great stuff thank you oh good thank you I was thinking I I almost said it earlier but I was thinking as always happens and as we've said before I didn't realize that I thought some of the things that I did or I've never I've certainly never articulated them in the way that I did through this conversation so I really hope that these conversations are helpful for anybody listening too because I do I think that sometimes when you have somebody to kind of um throw what's that phrase throw things up against or uh, yeah like a sounding board and yeah yeah sometimes I think that helps to buy somebody yeah I think that helps to clarify what we think about things yeah so hopefully this helps other people who are listening to maybe get some clarity themselves yeah hopefully great well thank you for listening and We shall be back again in a couple of weeks. Yep. See you then. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening to Conversations Across the Pond with Angel and Nicola. I'm Angel, and we are thrilled that you're along for the ride with us. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to subscribe in your favorite podcast app so that you're notified each time we publish a new one. This is a passion project for both of us, so to find us online, please go to agentlelife.co.uk to find Nicola and to rootedmystic.com to find Angel. Thanks again. We'll see you soon.